The following episode was recorded live on YouTube for Adulting.TV Live. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at Adulting.TV. Welcome to Adulting.TV Live. We're here with Martin Dasco. How are you doing, Martin? I'm pretty good. This is why I don't do uh, live podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> live is a lot of fun. I've been, I've been really enjoying it. And so what if you have to start a sentence again? Uh, we, we also edit things for the audio podcast. So everything will be nice and clean if you listen to it later on the podcast. But watch all the raw stuff on video. It's great. You can hear us say all kinds of stupid things. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here. This conversation is going to be a lot of fun. First of all, now I've known you for a while through studentomics, but you do yeah. a whole lot of other kinds of stuff. So first of all, there's studentomics.com that you know you are based out of, but what else do you do with your life? Well, first of all, uh, thanks for having me, guys, and thanks for uh, your help. I remember back in 2009, I would message you on gmail or twitter and you'd always responded <laughs> so when i first started blogging i was like 20 21 years old it was like 2008 and i was nervous i was so nervous i was afraid really? to send somebody an email can you imagine that 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 doesn't sound like you at least yeah. not today so every time you responded to an email i'm like oh my god it was like flexo because you had that you had the <laughs> Simpsons character right <laughs> that's right that's right flexo like, this, this flexo guy's talking to me holy i like what do I owe the pleasure to? <laughs> <laughs> we all thought that. So, oh, you stop. know, Harlan totally rejected me for a guest post. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it made you the person you are today, right? That's right. <laughs> so to answer your original question, I started as a personal finance blogger. And then in 2013, I had like that, that what do they call it? Like the aha moment in your life where you kind of, mm-hmm. You're tw- I was kind 25. Of an yeah, I was like 25, and like I always watched wrestling. I always watched MMA. I always like I watched everyone do all these cool things, and like why don't I try this stuff? So in 2013, I tried. Uh, I joined a pro wrestling gym, and I started doing MMA training, and it actually worked out. Like I started just for fun. I wanted just to tell people that I did training in this kind of stuff, just so I can like have that story. Like you know, everyone's got that story how they played minor league hockey or they did some like minor leagues. They know a guy who made it, <laughs> or they met a guy at some point in their life who made it. That's like the coolest story that they have, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I joined. I don't have any stories like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah. So I joined the pro wrestling gym, and then um, I was just training. I was doing it for fun, and at, and around the same time, I decided to start traveling and do things. So as I went on my first solo trip to Argentina, they, the gym contacted me. They're like, "Hey, we need a wrestling name for you." I'm like, "For what?" I don't need a name. I'm just a guy who's a member of this gym. I don't have a wrestling name. Long story short, it turns out that they had me booked for the first show. So I came back from, from the solo adventure, which was super terrifying. I had to come back and do this pro wrestling show. So ever since then, I've been a pro wrestler, to answer your question. <laughs> What's your character like? What do you do? Uh, so my character is the Latin lover. <laughs> so I figured that if I was going to do this, I always liked the bad guys. Do you guys like, I don't know about you guys, but when you watch a movie, do you ever cheer for the bad guys? 
Oh, sometimes, well, yeah. Sometimes, yes. Or, you know, I'm a big fan of anti-heroes. <laughs> I'm yeah. a huge fan of anti-heroes. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. When I was a kid, like, I'm a nice guy to my friends and all, but, like, when I see someone fall, that makes me laugh. Like, if I saw you guys walk and you tripped over something, I'd find that funny. I'm that kind of guy. It's like, <laughs> when, when I watched movies as a kid, I wanted to, like, see the bad guy win. I'm like, what? I'm like, why does the guy always have to get the girl? Why doesn't the girl just say no at the end? Why doesn't the bad guy ever win? So I decided to be the bad guy, and it's so much easier. Like in life, usually it's easier to get someone to hate you before you can get them to like you, I find. So my character, and also at this time, I was single for the first time in like a long time. So I'm like, if I pretend to be good with girls, will people start to think that I'm good with girls? Because <laughs> if I pretend to be a charmer, will that make me a charmer? <laughs> so does that work? Yes and no. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought you were extremely charming <laughs> before. I mean, I still think you're charming now because I know you, but I thought you were extremely charming before. And I remember when you were, we had known each other for a couple of years and then you were gone for a couple of years and then you came back and you were all like beefed up. And I was just like, who is this guy? He had like long hair. And I'm like, what? yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a little Martin. <laughs> well, that was really, I, I missed one FinCon. We all met at FinCon. I missed the one. Um, yeah, that was like a crazy year for me. And my brother had open heart surgeries. This mm-hmm. is kind of on the same topic. So at, around that time, because you guys wanted to talk about challenges. So around that, this is before I started, actually, this is right when I started the wrestling. So around that time, I wanted to see what I could do next with my life and how I could challenge myself. So my brother was having open heart surgery. So I figured if he can do that, like, why can't I take on a challenge? So I did a half marathon that weekend of FinCon. And I've never ran in my life before, for the record. And I, you, you did no training, and you just went into a half marathon? I mean, my brother didn't train for his heart surgery. So like, I figured if he could do something like that, Okay. I try. I tried to train, but I hate running. Like if you're a runner, like I don't know how you do it. I, I would go to the track. I would run a couple laps. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> and then I, I booked it. Like I paid for it. And as a personal finance blogger, you don't pay for something and then not do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I paid for this half marathon, and it wasn't cheap. It was like a hundred bucks. So I did it. <laughs> I it wasn't pretty. I'm not going to lie to you guys and tell you that I, you know I killed it or I set a record, but. I finished a half marathon, so I was so proud of myself. And I almost gave up, but then I saw an old lady passing me by. <laughs> like she had like the old school headbands and the wristbands and the full setup. I'm like, I got to do this. So uh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> and that was the first bull challenge that I, that I took on. Did you beat the old lady? Let's just say I did. I don't know. If I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't. <laughs> Everyone starts at different times, so she probably started like whoa, way before me, right? <laughs> oh, of course. Naturally. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're someone who will you're you're challenged. You see a challenge and if someone if you you see someone doing something, you think you can do it too. So that's uh yeah, that's that's really that's really that's really motivating for some people. And I think uh I think that works out well. Yeah, I mean we live in a time where you can you can do anything that you want. Like before the running, I just looked for like tips. I would just you can Google anything in this world. So like mm-hmm. On another note, I also started a podcast in 2015, and I didn't know anything about podcasting. So I just researched how to start a podcast. And on Smart Passive Income, there's a, there's a guide. I just followed that guide, and I started a podcast. Like, If someone asked me to do it again, I'm like, I don't know. I just literally followed every <laughs> single step, step by step. I was like a mindless drone. <laughs> As you're going into these challenges and moving forward and, and trying new things, like, what do you get out of it? What is, what is the payoff for you? Yeah, so I think a lot of it is personal accomplishment. 
like I said, it's, it's when you start doing this kind of stuff, like getting into challenges and taking on bold goals, you, there's always a confidence issue, right? Like you're always thinking, why, why me? I can't, I can't possibly do this. I'm not a runner. I could, I can't do a half marathon. But there's a picture out there of me running, and it shows that I did it. So a lot of it is that sense of achievement of just, just knowing that I could do it too, and, and that helps. That transcends into other areas of your life. Like I used to be really nervous about just sharing articles on my Facebook. I don't know why. Like I just thought like. My friends won't like this. My family won't like this article. Why would I share it? I still almost be embarrassed of my articles and of my work. But as I started doing stuff like pro wrestling and like entering grappling tournaments, I realized that it, there's, like, there's like that quote where they say, uh, work until your idols become your rivals. And I totally believe in that. Like, so it, get, it gets to the point where uh, you're a dreamer and all of a sudden you're, you're in there doing it and you get that personal accomplishment of knowing that you too can do this. Like, how amazing like, is it now to tell people that I can pro wrestle or that I can grapple or that I've done public speaking and stuff like that? Yeah, if I remember correctly, you've uh, been to the Fed and you've done, <laughs> you've actually, didn't, didn't you, you were at the St. Louis Fed, right? Chicago, yeah. Oh, the Chicago Fed. Okay, that's right. I knew you had been to one of them and you had yes. been invited and done some stuff there. So yeah, you've even done it at the Fed. So. That, that's another thing that, that taking on challenges helps you with is your, is your confidence because we all feel like a fraud. Like, I still get it to this day, like, before wrestling shows, I'm like, what am I doing here? Or, like, before a grappling tournament, I'm like, I'm going to lose. Like, why would, I, why would I enter this? So I had that feeling before that, that Federal Reserve thing. Like, they, they asked me to come down. For, it, was, they have, they had like a, it was like a money smart week kickoff. And they asked me to come down and speak. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know anything. Like, why would I go there? But then, like, you realize, like, I've been doing this since 2008. I've been blogging. Like, I can, I can wrestle. I can enter a half marathon. Why can't I go speak at the Federal Reserve? So that, that was an interesting experience because I was not ready for that. <laughs> but somehow I, I went there and we, we kicked off the week and I ended up on TV. They, they asked me to be on a local news or something. And that was another interesting experience because once again, I wasn't ready. I felt like a fraud, but I, I still went and I still did it. And that, that's probably the most important part is just showing up and doing it. And I like this idea of showing up and doing it, even if you feel like you're not ready or you feel like it's not, you know, quite the right time, but you had this opportunity, you've had these opportunities. And how do you think things would be different if you had said no to some of them or walked away from some of them? I mean, it's so tempting to say no, right? That's like the natural reaction is to say no. Like you get an, e like, think about it, you get an email from a friend or, or a Facebook message and they're like, let's go for lunch or next week. You're just like, no, right? <laughs> like your first reaction is to say no because you just you start thinking like oh uh, i might not have anything to talk about i don't know if i'm gonna enjoy it myself or or what's going to happen like at the at fincon 2015 i was asked to do an ignite talk they've never done an ignite talk so like i wanted to say no and i didn't and you know i had all the excuses in my head like i had to make slides like i don't like making slides i did that in college i don't want to deal with slides again and i'm like what am i going to talk about at this, at this ignite event i've never done it and instead, like, like I said, in 2013, I told myself I would say yes to every challenge. So I just said yes. So I'm like the best case scenario out of any of this stuff is that you always have a new story to tell. <laughs> so like, even if you bomb, you got, that, you got that funny story that everyone can relate to. Like, oh, yeah, I tried this. I failed. And, you know, everyone gets a good laugh out of that. You and have like, a good uh, bombing story? I'd like to hear that. A good bombing story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like all the time. Like, do dates count? Absolutely. Oh man, so I made it a point to like, like do like online dating and like Tinder and stuff. This, I wish it was only just one story, but there's been so many dates where I go on, like I'm not ready. 
and you get there, and you're just like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? <laughs> There's no chemistry. We have nothing to talk about. Actually, I have an even better one because the dating stuff is like whatever. But uh, I entered a grappling tournament one time. So this is an example of, uh, of being delusional maybe. <laughs> so I entered a tournament. It was like a jiu-jitsu tournament. Like I had only been training for a few months. So jiu-jitsu is like submission grappling. It's like when you watch MMA, it's like the submission aspect of it. It's like no punching or no kneeing. They could submit the person, make them like tap out. So I thought that I was like ready to like, you know, go for the belt and be the champion. <laughs> so I entered one tournament. I did really well. But the competition wasn't so good. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the next level. I'm going to try another tournament. So my coach was there and he's a UFC fighter. So he's like pretty legit. And I'm there. I'm ready to go. And then there's nobody in my weight class. So they're like, yeah, you, you should fight at a level up. I'm like, well, that's, that's a great idea, right? Yes, yeah, so I fought this old guy and like I got no moves in. He just took me down and it was just, it was, this guy was like double my age. Like I, he beat me up. He took me down, submitted me. And uh, like I had, I got nothing in. Wow. <laughs> it was like. I thought you said you weren't going to talk about your dating stories. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I got nothing in. It was just a waste of time. And I spent like 70 bucks in this tournament. And I got, I got beat like right away. And mm. I got injured <laughs> and their coach was like, yeah, you know, you did well. I'm like, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> but so, you did it. Yeah. So, I mean, the good news was I knew where I stood. So it's really important in life that you know where you stand. Cause I see this happen a lot in my, in my, in my wrestling uh, career. Like people show up and they're ready to be like in the show in the pro wrestling show and they take off their shirt and you're like, Hey, like, you should probably try to work out. <laughs> <laughs> So this is my moment where I realized I need to train some more. So I, I went straight back to training after my injuries healed, my ego and my, and my arm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, be realistic about where you stand. That's very important. So how do you strike that balance then between being realistic where you stand and then also going for it when you really feel inadequate? Because to me, that, that kind of you know, hard line to find because, you know, it's like on the one hand, you're like, well, I'm supposed to be. Uh, taking these bull challenges, moving forward and feeling confident in my ability to do this. But at the same time, uh, realistically looking at this, I'm going to go into this, you know, yeah. I'm, yeah. So, I mean, how do you balance that out and not get discouraged? I think it comes down to preparation, in my opinion. So like for like a wrestling show, like I've done many shows and I have not been prepared. Now I try to, it's, they say you should always be overprepared. So for this grappling tournament, like I was prepared, but I wasn't prepared for the level that I was going at. Does that make sense? So, like, it's important that, the, that you know where, where your abilities are. Like, I didn't do a half marathon because, the, I mean, I didn't do a full marathon because that's way too much. And that same race, my buddy was in, he's in way worse shape to me. Like, he's in awful shape, this guy. He's, he's in his 40s. And so I did the half marathon because that was realistic. And I knew that worst case scenario, 20 kilometers, what is it, 10 miles or whatever, 12 miles. Like, I could walk that, right? <laughs> like, if, if it came down to it, I could walk it and it could, I could eventually get to that finish line, right? But an unrealistic goal, my friend, who was out of shape, never ran in his life, did, did the full marathon. Oh, how did that go? Or... So there, there's a cutoff. So they post the results online after. So you can't, you can't mm-hmm. BS your, you know, this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I saw his results, and uh, they must have brought the finish line to him. <laughs> oh, no. it was, I think it was like a five-hour cutoff. And let's just say he was at 459. So, mm-hmm. they, so they must have brought the finish line to him. So, so it comes out to being prepared and knowing what, what you're capable of. Because 
I could do a presentation, right? Like anybody could do a presentation for like Ignite, the Ignite talk that I mentioned earlier. That's only five minutes. Yeah, that's a five minute presentation, right? The worst case scenario for the last two minutes, you can, I don't know, ask questions or BS your way with a story. I, I wouldn't say yes to like an hour talk because that I'm not ready for. I'm, I'm, I'm realistic enough to know that I would have to obviously prepare for that and, and do a lot of work. <laughs> but five minutes, like you can figure something out. And then I guess once you've done that, I mean, you can start working toward eventually Martin's one hour keynote at FinCon, right? Which I'm very excited for. Have you guys ever done like an hour talk? Uh-uh, no. The longest I've ever done is half an hour or running a panel. I've run a panel. But yeah, the, the whole idea of a whole hour of talking does just <laughs> the same thing to me. But no, I, yeah, I've done presentations up to half an hour and I've run 45 minute panels, but that's not hard. I, well, I don't think it's hard to run a panel. I'd rather do that. What about you, Harlan? Uh, I don't think I've ever given an hour talk, but I'm pretty comfortable on stage and you know, it's, it's the over preparation thing. Usually for the short talks I can, yeah, I don't need to prepare too much because I can talk on my feet pretty well. For an hour talk, it would involve a lot of preparation, but I still like to kind of go by the uh, seat of my pants a little bit for these things. Damn, one hour, that's a, that's a long time. To it is. Talk. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready for that. That could be the next challenge, one hour talk. <laughs> so talk a little bit about how this improved confidence through just accepting all of these bold challenges, everything that comes to you, saying yes to everything. How has that really helped you in your life besides just giving you confidence? What, what did that confidence lead to? Yeah, I just, I know this sounds corny and all, but it kind of changed you as a person. Like I started traveling alone in 2013. So I did Argentina, I did Europe, I did Colombia recently. And that's a pretty bold challenge for a lot of people, just traveling on your own, extended travel like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was just looking. I was just looking at some pictures and uh, I was thinking of some stories. I, I, can't, I can't share them here, unfortunately. <laughs> the uh, really? <laughs> so I was just thinking about it. I'm like, because I, I was thinking about this uh, this podcast actually, and I was kind of nervous. I'm like, I got to do a live podcast tomorrow, and I'm like, why am I nervous? Right? Like, <laughs> like I've done this so many times. I've traveled alone. I've been around the world. I've like been in Colombia. Like you're walking on the street, and there's like, what do they call those guys? The SWAT force. They're driving around with guns, like mm. looking for the the drug cartels. So wow. I'm like, I've seen that. Like, why am I afraid of talking to somebody? So, so when you take on challenges, you see what you're made of. You know, like like suddenly everyday stuff doesn't become so uh, scary. Most of us are afraid to even press publish on an article. Like I used to be afraid of publishing articles because of what people would think of me. That's a big issue for a lot of us. Like we, you know, there's all these quotes, ignore the haters, don't listen to what people have to say. But we all truly care about what people have to say about us, right? To an extent, yeah. Yeah. So like when you start to travel and take on challenges, realize that it doesn't matter what people say, it's it's how you feel about yourself. So many people told me I can't I shouldn't do the half marathon, I shouldn't I shouldn't be running, but then I did it. I was able to do it, you know. And when it comes down to like business and like blogging, you're putting yourself out there, right? When you, when you publish an article, you're out there to the world. When you launch a podcast, everyone can listen. I used to be very like timid when I'd publish because like, you know, there'd be comments, there'd be negative comments. They used to terrify me. And now it's like, I've done all this stuff. Like what's the worst thing that happened if someone leaves me a bad comment or a bad review, <laughs> right? Like it's just someone's opinion. They don't know what I've been through. I don't know what they've been through. And I think it's really important for, for anyone listening to, to, uh, kind of go through that phase where you, where you challenge yourself, you see what you're made of because it shows you that real life isn't so scary after all. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, no, yeah, I remember that too. And the first time I got a negative comment online and I was just like, I have to convince them. <laughs> you have to, oh. you have to, oh. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was young. I was stupid. It was 2005. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was just like, oh, I have to convince them of who I am and what I do and that it's really not so bad. And, and then, and you, you know, always it, right? you, you, you feel like you're always trying to defend yourself, you know? Right. Yeah. You can't, feed, you can't feed the trolls. And now I just sort of ignore them and move on. <laughs> so in my pro wrestling career, I'm a villain. So like uh, my yeah. character is like a womanizer. So I, I would have like a girl that come, came out with me. I'd be rude to her. Like I'd, I'd make her hold the ropes for me. I'd like I push her. Like I wouldn't t- not that physically. I'd like, make her like open the ropes for me, or like I would yell at her and stuff. And like so, obviously, people in the crowd. There's like hundreds of people, and they're mad at me and they hate me. So like, and I'm topless. It's like you're just like, oh my god, I'm so out there. And, like, <laughs> everyone hates me and they're booing me. So now, like, when some some guy leaves me a bad review, I'm like, okay. Like I'm used to people booing me <laughs> in person on stage. It's actually funny. This, 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 that started with being a soccer referee. I was a soccer referee when I was a kid. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you, guys ever, you guys ever play soccer? No, but I've I've well I've seen my son play little league baseball, and so like I've seen how people treat the umpires. So uh, yeah, I've been, I've been a line judge, but never a ref. So imagine like a team loses six nothing. That's a lot of goals for soccer. Yeah, and then they blame you for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's my fault you lost six nothing. <laughs> like maybe one nothing, two nothing, two one, but six nothing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, like, so that was my first experience to that negative like criticism and that backlash. Like people would yell at me. I'd be like, no, no, don't be, don't be mean to me. <laughs> and I and I remember I would write articles and publish them, and I would like be afraid to get feedback too. That's another thing that's really important as as you're taking on challenges is to get feedback and to find mentors and to learn from people better than you. I used to be like afraid of just asking for feedback and then I'd defend myself. Mm. So I had a friend that he took me out for lunch a couple, was about a year back. And this guy used to have a popular dating show. I used to watch his dating show back in the day. So now we're like friends. We grapple together. So like, it's, it was so cool for me to go out with this guy. And he starts giving me feedback with the podcast. So I start arguing with him and he goes, <laughs> why are you arguing with me? This is not an indictment of you as a human being. <laughs> I'm trying to give you advice to grow your podcast. Like, mm-hmm. like you watched my show. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's a good point. It's really important to, to be getting feedback as you go as you go along, whether it be good or bad, because you have to know if you're good or not. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm concerned about that because I mean, there's a lot of people are saying, and I've heard this often in various aspects of my life. It, you know, and you said it earlier. Ignore the haters. Yep. It, it seems like sometimes it's not always haters. It's people offering good, constructive feedback, but we're afraid that anybody who criticizes us just doesn't understand or they don't get it or they don't understand my perspective instead of actually lis- listening to some constructive feedback. That's actually something that's been on my mind for a while. Yeah, that's a big issue, I think, with my generation right now. Because sometimes uh, people asking for feedback, because like, I do, like I said, all the wrestling, jiu-jitsu. So, like, you have to know... As you're taking on challenges and you want to get better, you have to know what your weaknesses are, what your strengths are, and how to get better. And you have to learn from people better than you. So, like, recently, a buddy sent me a video, like a YouTube video, because I started a YouTube show, and he wants to start one. So he sends me his video, and it sucks, right? Like, it's the worst video I've ever seen. It's, so he's trying to do, like, grappling videos, which, like, if you're going to do, do a demonstrational video, you should, like, you should demonstrate, right? You should have some text on the screen. You should put some effort into it. It's a video of him doing a move from like far away and it's like 20 seconds long. And he goes, what do you think? I, I want to build my own channel and do this full time. I'm like, first of all, this video is like, it's not good. Right? 
Sucks, you can say it. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. And what are you going to do full-time? Like, there's nothing to do full-time here. Post shitty videos all day. <laughs> Try to tell this guy, like, you got to improve your quality. And, like, I thought he really wanted feedback, right? Because I, I assumed that he came to me for feedback. So I went, like, I sent him all these points he has to work on. And then I see this guy goes on Facebook. He goes on a rant about haters or people are hating on him. I'm like, dude, I was trying to help you. Like, I'm trying to give you real advice, and you're going off about me being a hater. I think it's important that you find like a mentor. So like, let's say you want to take on a challenge of like running a half marathon or like starting a podcast or doing public speaking. It's important that you find a mentor, someone you can go to for advice, someone that's been there and done that. And when they give you advice, you have to accept it. Even if you don't <laughs> agree with it. This happens to me in wrestling too. Like uh, our coach, he was in WWE for like 10 years. He's been around the world. He's made millions. And he would try to give some guy advice. And this guy's like some 17-year-old with a st- stomach's hanging, an awful shape. Like, it just doesn't look the part. And he just argues. I'm like, why are you arguing? You have somebody giving you real advice, like valid criticism, and you're going to argue with them? Mm. Like if you don't agree, just nod your head. At least try to apply certain parts of that. Someone leaves you a book review and they, t- and they give you things that you should work on. That's cool. That's not a hater. If someone just says, oh, Martin sucks, like, all right, that's like, thanks, buddy. That's, I mean, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> no, I think you make a good point, though. I mean, I think, I mean, after I, I gave my presentation at the, like, I went and did it on the podcast cruise. And after I did that, I specifically was like, okay, you know, everybody's like, oh, great job. And then I was like, yeah, but what can I do to improve, you know? And then when I wanted, when I asked for that, then people started saying, okay, well, here are a couple things that could help. And I found that very helpful. And hopefully next time I do a presentation, I'll improve. And then, you know, not to belabor it. Well, yes, I'm going to belabor the point because I love this story. <laughs> when Harlan totally rejected me. Oh, here we go. Here we go. But it was before we knew each other in person. And actually, he doesn't even remember doing this. But um, <laughs> it's before yeah, we... that's a story I'm sticking <laughs> <laughs> but you know he i was pretty much early on in my you know blogging freelance writing career and everything else and everything i'd done up to that point had been very journalistic journalistically uh, inclined it was all interviewing scientists and writing for science publications for the most part and so switching over to more blog style and then also a more consumer oriented style where i'm actually providing actionable helpful information to people <laughs> was difficult for me because I was used to like, I'm reporting on the facts. And yeah. so I did, I said something again. And, you know, as a guest post, it was part of the job in the early days of the blogging revolution was, you know, you try and get guest posts on a bunch of sites and get the links. So was this when I was looking for a staff writer or was it no, just a guest post? No, it was just a guest post. Okay. So you had said I could send the guest post. I said the guest post and you were just like, I'm sorry, but it needs to be less general and it needs to be more helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I should probably go back through my emails, see if I can find the thing. <laughs> you can take a screenshot and put it up. But that was kind of a turning point for me, actually, with like writing and writing online where I said, okay, do I want to do this online writing thing? Do I want to be consumer facing or do I want to try and tough it out in the world of journalism, which is dying? And so I did. I, I, I took Harlan. Well, he was Flexo then and I had no idea what his name was. Hey, Luke, go from Harlan to you know, Luke Flexo. Make his, up his, his mind. <laughs> his real name is actually Harlan. <laughs> You're like me on a date lying about my name. I'm joking. You don't so, do that. You don't I even know his high school nickname, but I'll I'll keep it to myself. Uh-oh. But uh, but 
<laughs> but no, so it did. It helped me and it, it was good advice and it was felt helpful advice. And then, you know, through the years, I've had plenty of editors who, you know, I mean, you, you, your mom always tells you you're a great writer, yeah, yeah. But, but your editor will tell you that you need to improve. And I still have editors that tell me to improve. And sometimes I look back at what I wrote in 2006, 2007, and I'm like, my God, people told me this was good. People paid me for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've hopefully improved so much more. Yeah, it's, I have a similar story. I, uh, so like I said, when you, when, you, when you first start, you know, your own blog, you start putting yourself out there, you're really nervous. Like obviously the challenges over the years helped me. But before, I, before this is like 2008, I just first started blogging. I was nervous about sending out emails. It's just simple. Like, like simple things make you nervous, right? Because it's just something you've never done before. So uh, two quick stories. I reached out to PT Money, Phil Taylor. Like, I didn't feel like I, like I should have even like been emailing him. But I sent him like some like, I sent everyone the same generic email and PT got it. I was like, I want to start a blog. How do you do it? And it wasn't even like, hello, PT. It was like, hello, like whatever. It wasn't even a name, right? Hi, hey, friend. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like a template. It was like literally copy and paste. So, you know, on Tinder, some guys will copy and paste the same message to every girl. Yeah. So, it was like that. So, he actually responded and he goes, look, man, like, like I saved this email. And he goes, you got to customize your emails. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's step one. <laughs> you got to at least know my name when you're going to email me. I'm like, That's yeah. a good point. And then like, he just gave me a bunch of tips, like, you know, don't send these generic emails. Nobody wants to read this crap. So then fast forward a few, about a, about a year later, I emailed J.D. Roth about a guest post. J.D. Roth of Get Rich Slowly. And then I sent him his whole article, and then he sends it back. I'm like, I'm like Wait, why is he sending it back to me? What is this? <laughs> and it was all his edits. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all, like, red. It was all these notes, and it was bad. It was like, it was like a high school paper. Did he send you a bill for editing too? <laughs> he should have sent me this, uh, all these notes. And I was like 21, 22. I'm like, oh, this guy doesn't know. But really, like this guy sold his blog for a kill. And I should have obviously listened. I eventually did listen over time. Yeah, I was like, oh man, it was bad. So I just published it on my own site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's important as you're, as you're, building, as you're building confidence to, to not cross that line to delusional. <laughs> <laughs> like many of us have, and I have too in the past. So, so yeah, it's, it's cool to be confident, but don't, don't be that guy that gets delusional and starts shooting above his league. <laughs> Sometimes a little bit of delusion helps because it does give you that confidence, even if it's unfounded, that just kind of gives you a little bit of a boost. If you don't go too far with it, don't be way delusional. Just, uh, you know, ha- have some confidence in your own abilities. And even if it's a little blind, just not too blind. Yeah, which is, once again, a very tough line to, to, to walk. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So what are some things that people can do to start building that confidence and and to kind of get out there? I mean, I I know that sometimes I still have a hard time feeling confident about certain things or putting myself out there. And, you know, and and there are lots of times too, still when, even though I'm like, I'm a professional, when I turn in some piece of writing, I'm worried. I think, you know, I get that pit in my stomach, especially if it's a new kind of writing or a new subject or something I'm not comfortable with. So how do you start building that confidence so that you say yes more and kind of get out there and accept those challenges. Yes. Yeah, so I, I listened to a lot of podcasts, this, this one included. And I, I heard his famous wrestler one time. He said, uh, you're always going to be nervous before you perform. Then I read a Seth Gordon article and he said that too. He said, you're always going to be, you're always going to have those butterflies. Cause I've Googled like how to, you know, how to remove the butterflies or whatever, like all that kind of stuff. I've Googled that a thousands of times. And I've come to accept that you're always going to be nervous and that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with being nervous. I am like, I'm nervous. I was nervous before doing this. Like I went to get a coffee. I'm like, oh man, do I have anything to talk about? Why am I, why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing a live podcast? 
that that's just your mind will always do that to you. They call it the resistance, I believe. So you always get that resistance, right? And you have to accept that it will always be there. Like before I do anything, I'm nervous. Like before wrestling shows, I'm a nervous wreck. And people always say that like, they're like you, you're so like calm and cool when you get out there. Like you're like, you're on fire. You're talking. You're doing this. I'm like, yeah. You just you have to ha you kind of have to learn to dance with the nerves. I don't know if this makes sense. Like it's easy to like to, to just like think like oh the nerves will go away one day, but they they don't. So like I'm sure you guys experience this too. Yeah, you still get nervous for 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 publishing an article or speaking, right? Definitely before speaking, especially if I haven't prepared as much as I know I should. I've always been on stage and involved in performing in some form. So it's a little more natural for me and I don't get the nerves as much as other people as long as I've prepared. But that also means that because I don't have that automatic resistance that I allow myself to be less prepared sometimes and, and then I get that resistance. I think how it may work is that people find whatever level of preparation they need that's going to give them a little bit of resistance to make them nervous. I was in plays. I, I acted in plays on stage when I was younger and I would always be the last person off book because I needed a little bit of that pressure to make it exciting for me and to make it enjoyable because otherwise I probably would have, you know, well, I mean, I guess my life could have gotten in a completely different direction if I always prepared and, you know, and everything was completely natural. But anyway, the point is there was a little bit of resistance and I made that resistance by, looking back just not preparing a hundred percent instead of preparing you know i was preparing 95 percent instead of a hundred percent yeah another thing to remember is that always think of the worst case scenario hmm. i was talking with a buddy he was he was a nervous wreck before a phone call <laughs> like he's he got a girl's number and he was going to call her right have you guys like called someone on the phone recently not for personal purposes <laughs> only for business <laughs> i've never i mean actually I had to like call someone for personal well yeah, well, yeah, no, because Har Harlan and I now talk over the computer when we're yeah. done recording an episode. So, so my buddy Trevor, I do a YouTube video with him. He was a nervous guy. Was, this is about a year ago. He got, a, he got a girl's number through like Tinder or something. So he got it the cheap way, you know, through text. And it was me sending all the messages for him. So then he had to call her. Um, so I told him, like, you have to call her. Don't be a coward about it. Like, like, I, I've been trying to get him to take on challenges and do more stuff. So... This is like actually the simplest challenge you could do at home right now. Try calling somebody. If people are actually nervous about using their phone. I was sitting with them. I'm like, you have to call her. And he was actually terrified. He goes, what, what will I do? Like, what will I talk about? He, he was a nervous wreck. And so I told him, I'm like, what's the worst case scenario? If there's a moment of silence, like you just say, okay, you free Thursday. If she says no, like this is a total stranger. You met her 10 minutes ago on the internet, on your phone. Like if she rejects you and it doesn't, it doesn't answer the phone, or she just hangs up. What what did you lose? Like 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 you're not a bad person. Like like nothing's going to happen to you. I really like the this kind of for me. This ties into something you said earlier about you know when you were starting a podcast, you just went down the list. When it comes to calling someone, the hardest part I think for me, if it's going to be a conversation that I don't necessarily want or I'm nervous about, the hardest part is just dialing that number. So yeah. approach it like, all right, so in order to make this call, number one, dial the number. Let me just go down the list, dial the number, and I'll figure it out from there. And of course, it's always fine once you do that. So this guy, so this is the worst phone call in the history of the world. <laughs> he goes, hey, it's Trevor. It's the guy from Tinder. I was just wondering, like, uh, like how's everything going? Do you, want, do you want to go out sometime? Okay, Thursday. Is Thursday work? And he didn't breathe once. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then surprisingly, she goes, yeah, Thursday's cool. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then, so so then he goes, what do I do? I don't know where to bring, I don't know what to do. So then I took over. I'm like, tell her you got tickets to a wrestling show. Because I, I had a show coming up. He goes, will that work? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, even if you don't like wrestling, you'll, people like art and like creativity and expression, which is what wrestling is. And it was in an art gallery. So like, it's like a hipster's part of town. Like it's, they serve drinks. You'll be fine. So he tells her, my buddy's got tickets to a wrestling show. I put the guy on the guest list just to make him look extra cool, right? Because <laughs> everyone on guest list is always cool, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, then, so I was like, so yeah, so he brings her to the show. And then like, he, this phone call was the worst, right? But I told him the worst case scenario is she hangs up. Best case scenario, you get a date and you meet a new person. So they meet up. And then the first thing she says is she goes, you get like a thousand bonus points for calling. She goes, I can't remember the last time a guy called me. Hmm. So I thought about that. If you're a girl, if you're a female, you're in your 20s, 30s, you're single. When is the last time a guy called you to ask you out? Like for us, we grew up like you had to call someone, right? To, right. For me, you yeah. have to call their house. You have to yeah. call their freaking house. And, like, you got to talk to their parents <laughs> first. <laughs> How terrifying is that? Like, I, remember, I remember my friend, we, we were, this is off topic, we went out to a bar and he didn't have a cell phone yet. It was 2005. I don't know why. He gave this girl a fake name but a real number so he had to explain to his mom he goes if someone calls for a call-in <laughs> that's my name she goes no it's not your name is greg <laughs> he goes well, no i told him my name is colin she goes she just shook her head she goes why what's wrong with greg <laughs> here, here's one nervous conversation i had to have when i was probably be eight. Uh, i was i was eight i was 18 and um that was a while ago no yeah, it was a, it was a while ago, <laughs> back when people you know called on phones and stuff. But uh, the daughter of one of my teachers had a crush on me, and I had to you know I had to say, listen, I'm you know I'm not interested. And there's nothing more awkward than having to call the house of your teacher and asking to speak to their daughter to tell her that they have to stop having a crush and, and she was going to cry. And she did. What a heartbreaker. Holy. Yeah. <laughs> so to tie this all in. So like when you're building your confidence, it doesn't matter if, if it's a running a marathon pro wrestling half naked in front of people or calling someone, it's the same nerves you're dealing with. Right. Mm-hmm. So this friend in question, Trevor, now he does public speaking. So I was explaining to him. I'm like, if you're afraid to call a girl, a female that you met up on Tinder 10 minutes ago, how in the world, are you going to talk to a room filled with strangers, hundreds of people, right? It's all about building up your courage and, and your confidence. So n- now he always calls. So whenever, let's say he does this a lot, he gets like a number every six months. But <laughs> <laughs> when he does get a number, I hope he's listening. I hope he knows. When he does get a number, he calls. He's not afraid. But that same courage, like that same like fight, like, like he was a nervous wreck, but that same, like, that same courage and ability to, to challenge yourself, he uses now when he's just speaking. So now... All of a sudden, speaking, if you can talk to a pretty girl and take her on a date, what, you're speaking to a room full of strangers. What's the big deal, right? Right. And another thing that, that I do is I always think, like, this sounds kind of weird. I, I've heard some people talk about this. I always think, like, tomorrow is going to come, right? So let's say today's uh, Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so if I said no to this interview, I didn't do it, what, noon was going to hit, and I'd have nothing to talk about. <laughs> like, 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 one o'clock would hit, I'd be like, ah, I should have done that. I always right. think when I was a kid, I used to do this before roller coasters. I used to hate roller coasters. Mm-hmm. But then I would think like, okay, if I don't do this roller coaster, right? Because I didn't do it the first time I didn't go on the roller coaster. And then everyone made fun of me, right? <laughs> it's like all my, all my <laughs> friends were laughing at me. 
So I'm like, mm-hmm. for two minutes of torture, I can avoid a lifetime of humiliation, right? <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, the half marathon took me two hours, if you must, two hours and 15 minutes, or a bit longer, who's keeping track? After those two, two hours or so, I had that story for the rest of my life, right? Yeah. The same thing, same thing with the roller coaster. So I remember I went with a girlfriend this many years after. I still was afraid of roller coasters, but she brought all her friends. So like this time, uh-huh. I had to go on all the rides. <laughs> Four girls going on these rides. I was terrified. But before every ride, I would just tell myself, this will be over in two minutes, and I won't look like a loser, right? <laughs> if you're stepping out of your comfort zone, you're doing something different, just think like, tomorrow is going to come, right? So I'm going to do this speaking gig, and tomorrow will come, and I'll have that story. If I don't do it, tomorrow will come, and I'll feel like a total loser, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a great way to look at it. I think we can end on that. Uh, Can you remind us again where to find you online? I'm everywhere, as I said. You know, slowly built up the courage to put myself out there. I used to be afraid of even putting my real name on Facebook. Now I'm like half naked all the time. So, Studenomics on Twitter. Studenomics.com is the blog. I have a podcast. Do you even hustle? We had Miranda on actually. Do you even hustle on iTunes and? uh, do you even hustle.com and that's that's it start there and you'll have, you'll find enough content to binge watch and binge listen for for hours fantastic well thank you so much for joining us this was a really lively fun conversation so i'm glad you were yeah, i'm glad you decided to face your fears and talk to us <laughs> do a live podcast hey, if someone asks you to do a live podcast just say yes what's the worst that can just happen? say yes absolutely thank you all right, and there's more adulting at adulting.tv and on our Facebook community, hashtag adulting, and subscribe to us. On um, Apple Podcasts, you can go to adulting.tv slash iTunes to get there nice and quickly. And ask us a question. We're always happy to have guests and explore all of these topics, anything that you have some questions about, and you can do that at adulting.tv slash ask. And until next time, remember to behave like a grown-up. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv. Adulting.tv